Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your hand upon our lives, with, for your incredible and amazing design. We thank you for the, the lengths that you have gone to, Lord, to not only form us and make us, but to save us, Lord, but to provide us a way to be reconciled back with you, our Heavenly Father, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that your fingerprint is all over us. And we just pray, Lord, that you open our eyes, you open our hearts and our ears to receive this message. And Lord, we pray that you will keep us in your perfect peace and your eternal truth. Because your word, O oh God, is the only thing that is forever settled in all the heavens. Opinions change. Scientific advancements may change. But Lord, your word has endured the test of time. So that we, this day, can read it and we can glorify and edify you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. So anyway, can you believe we're on part six of Jesus, the Word of God and DNA. Our DNA, this is all about the love that binds us. And it's the love, so two weeks ago I touched on this. So if we looked, we started our game of snakes and ladders. And the ladder is the double helix. And so you have the double helix model and the straight ladder model. And really it's the love that binds us. So the two backbones, as I said, are the two pillars, which is the law, the Ten Commandments, because you have five sugar phosphate atoms, or sorry, uh, molecules on the one side, and you've got five on the other side that make up ten. And those are the pillars. No? no, that's perfect. And, um, and then the rungs, or the bases on the ladder, is the grace. So, you know, pose the question is, are we under the law, or are we under grace? And the answer is both. Uh, because Jesus, as he said in Matthew 5, Verses 17, that do not think that I came to replace the law and the prophets, I came to fulfill the law. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And he was also the end of the curse of the law. So the law came so that the knowledge of sin can be revealed. But the law still stands. The law of God is eternal. This will be the law with which Everybody who doesn't face the Bema seat or the mercy seat will go to the great white throne and this is the law book that everyone will be measured against according to their works. So the law stands, those are erect and those are the backbones. But it's the love of God that is the rungs in the ladder that binds us and Jesus being the fulfillment and this is the grace so we have two parts of the basis so the one part is the love of God which was Jesus offering himself up for us through his love and the other is the love that we have for each other and the love for our neighbor as it says in Mark 12 you know, when, when the disciples were asking Jesus about which are the greatest commandments. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. And the second is, is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And there is none other commandment greater than these. So the runnings of the ladder is the love that binds us. And as Christians, we know that Sunday school hymn, that by this 
they will know us by our love for one another. And it's taken from one of Jesus' parables. And then I ended with Jesus, the I am, your DNA. So we'd looked at the temple of Solomon and we'd looked at inside the holy place, the I am statements referring to the different implements and instruments of worship inside the holy place. The I am statements apply to our DNA as well. Just like it says, I am the living water. I mean, we spoke about the phosphorus and that how phosphorus, white phosphorus, if it's stored in water, it's not combustible, but then if it's exposed to oxygen or to air or breath, then it combusts. So, I am the living water. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. You know, this, this is the manna. This is our substance at our core, the DNA. And I am the good shepherd. I am the door to the sheep. And there's one way in. I mean, a door leads you into a passage. It's only, a door will only go into one place. So there are rules and parameters that are set in the DNA, which are always followed. And they have to follow those rules. And we'll get into some of them now. And then Jesus says that I am the vine, and you are the branches. So just like the vine, Jesus being the fulfillment of the law, the rungs of the ladder are like the branches. And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as we climb a ladder, where do we go? Higher. So what God wants to do, He wants to grow us in our relationship with Him. To be reconciled, to come closer to Him. Because the Bible says, as we draw close to Him, He will draw close to us. And He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then <clears throat> Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. So this is our, the life in our flesh is the blood. And it also says that everything that has breath has a living soul. So, that was just dealing with the structure of it. Now, I mentioned, so if we look at the chemical joining of the DNA, and I'm going to go through this in, in more detail, but um, you know, on, on either side where it's, where it's highlighted, the, the, the blue um, pentagon, or, or pentagons, five-sided, that's, that's the sugar molecule, that's the five-sided molecule, and then the yellow one on the left is the phosphorus. And so they bind together in an anti-parallel form. So the, the fifth carbon binds with the third carbon. And then fifth, third, fifth, third. So five to three. And then on the other side, it goes from the fifth carbon to the third. So reverse. So it runs anti-parallel to each other. And so that is the backbones. And if we look at the Solomon's temple, we have the pillars. So on the, on the, the left you had uh, Boaz, which means in his strength. So when Jesus came the first time, in his strength, as he laid himself up as an offering to us, he provided a way to be reconciled to God. And if you look at the pillar on the right side, which is going up, is when Jesus comes the second time, he is going to establish his kingdom. And the word wakim in the Hebrew means he will establish. So in his strength and in he will establish his kingdom. So within just the backbones of our DNA, we have the first and the second comings of Jesus Christ. Now the runs of the ladder is basically there are four, four parts of the, of the bases. And the scientists have named it adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine. It's not relevant to know necessarily the names thereof, but the way that they bind together is very unique. There are specific rules. And they are hexagonal shapes. They are six-sided molecules. And the base molecules, a lot of molecules, are hexagonal, if you remember from science. But so you have what's called a purine, which is two hexagonal, 
um, which will be your adenine and your guanine on the, on the purines, and then you've got a pyrimidine, which are your single hexagonal, which is thiamine and cytosine. So A always goes with T, and C always goes with G in that order. So you have three hexagonal molecules being the rung of the ladder, and they are joined by a hydrogen bond. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get more into this, but what is so incredible, hidden in the Book of Kings, the design and the architecture of Solomon's temple in 1 Kings chapter 7, is our DNA and the way that the, the, the pillars were constructed. Get this. And in 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 16 to 22, and he said, and he made two chapters, which in the Hebrew means the head or bands, and books have chapters, okay, of molten brass. And in scripture, brass refers to redemption. Just like the brazen serpent, the brass serpent that was raised up in the wilderness, when the people gazed upon the brass serpent, they were spared. So brass as redemption. So here, he, the, the chapters which were on top of the pillars, which in the Hebrew means the head of, or the bands. Um, and just like the book has chapters. And so, so set upon the tops of the pillars and the height of one chapter, was five cubits. Now this is, we have the five pentagonal molecules. So five cubits, which is the law and the grace. Because in the Hebrew measurements of cubits, five cubits equals 27 feet. Now, if you remember, I spoke about there were 27 bones in the hand and 27 books in the New Testament is Jesus. So here, in the five cubits, in the measurement, is the Gospel. So, and then, and then he says, and the nets of checker work, and the wreaths of chain work. For the chapters were upon the top of the pillar, seven for the one chapter, and seven for the other chapter. So here is talking the nets of checker work, and, and actually the other Hebrew word is lattice work. Because if you look at that DNA, it's kind of like a net. And here it is, in the Hebrew, because they didn't have words for DNA in those days. And the wreaths of chain work. And we're going to see how these chains form. So here, and so seven representing, as you know, is the completed work of God. Because God created the earth and created everything. He spoke it into existence in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And on, on the top of the pillars, he made two rows round apart upon the one network. What is a network? It's things that many different things that are joined together as one. So linkages. And to cover the chapters that were on the top and with pomegranates, and so, so did he for the other. And with the chapters were upon on top of the pillars were of lily work. And we've heard of the lilies. And the Hebrew word for lily means whiteness or trumpet. So, just like Jesus' blood makes our sins whiter than the snow, the lilies were placed on top of the pillars. And as we know, in his second coming, it's the sound of the trumpet that God will come again. So here, in, in, I mean, this was written, I mean, the book of Kings, yeah, this was written 3,000 years ago. So, and this is in the chapters with two pillars at pomegranates, and over against the belly which was by the network. And this word belly that is used, refers to the mother's womb, the belly. So it says, against the belly or the womb was the network, this network. And then he set up the pillars, and in the porch, which means a vestibule, and that comes from the Latin word vestibulum, which is like an entrance hall. 
And a vestibule, there's actually a few things. You get a vestibule in the mouth and then you get a vestibule in the ear. Which is quite interesting. In the bones in your ear, between your eardrum and your cochlea, which as we remember the cochlea has got the same spiral shape, in between the eardrum and in the inner ear, in those bones, is the vestibule bone. Sitting in between. So as the sound is coming in, it has to travel through those bones to reach that spiral, the vestibule. And um, set upon the right pillar, which he named Joaquin, which means in it he will establish, and upon the left pillar he called it Boaz, which means in his strength. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, and he says, so the work of the pillars was finished. Just this is our DNA. The chains, the lattices, and the best language that they had as the Hebrews, and even as the King James, they are describing the architecture. So, the DNA rules of joining and cleaving. Now, I've tried to break it up a little bit more on that diagram. Um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's the number of molecules that is important, the shape of them, and, and how they are joined. So, basically, the rules for joining and cleaving. Now, the reason I use the word cleaving is because God uses that specific word when he says that a man shall leave his mother and father, and he shall be cleave unto his wife, and they will become one flesh. And that word, echad, in the Hebrew, means to be perfectly united. It's the same word that God describes as His unity in the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are echad, perfectly united. So one flesh, one bone. So the phosphate ladder runs anti-parallel. And then the pillars of the ladder... On the left goes 5 to 3, which are the, are the carbon molecules, as any strength. So this is Jesus' first coming to reconcile us back to God. On the right, 3 to 5, he will establish, which Jesus' second coming is when he will establish his kingdom here on earth for the millennial reign. And then the rungs of the ladder, as I said, the pyramidine, which is one hexagon, the purine, which is two hexagons. So combined, you have three hexagons. Try unity. Again, um, you know, and the two greatest commandments is love. And they are bound by hydrogen, which actually comes from the Greek word of hydro, which means water. And is bound by the living water in God's love, who is Jesus. So all of these details and designs are perfectly fitted together. And there's no accident, numbers play a significant role in Scripture. So, and then the vestibule, as I said, is the porch, the entrance hall, it's the inner ear, and the drum and the cochlea. Now, once these, these rungs are formed, now, what happens is, is, most of us have heard about amino acids, okay? Now, these are the Lego blocks, these are the building blocks. So, it takes three base pairs to make one amino acid. Again, no accident. Three base pairs joined makes a single amino acid. And that, so basically, you know, depending on how they combine, they form different types of amino acids. And these are the building blocks for proteins. Okay, so from the base pairs, the rungs of the ladder, it's always three base pairs in whatever combination they are. Because remember, it can be G-A-T-C, it can be in different sequence, it doesn't have to be equidistant, but they, they always join one with the other. So, basically the amino acids are the building blocks of our temple. And so it contains three base pairs. And, and generally, the most common, there's, there, there's many amino acids, but there's commonly about 20 amino acids. And as I said, three base pairs is triunity again. And you get different types of amino acids. You get what are called non-essential amino acids, 
which are actually synthesized in the body and then you've got essential amino acids which actually come from our diet from what we eat so some of the amino acids are built in our DNA and the other we get from our food so that's why diet is also important and hence Jesus is saying I am the bread of life a man cannot live on bread alone but we live on earthly bread and heavenly bread so it's the combination of the two and the way these amino acids join which is actually incredible is did you know there are words in our genetic DNA words they've got what's called stop DNA uh, or a codon as they call it so if you look at the sequence of a single gene you will have a promoter which is the start of the gene then you will have the codons for the enzyme which will be the amino acids and then you will have a stop codon just like a word and then you would start the next gene and this is how scientists are able to determine and say that this particular gene has been discovered they find it causes this type, this type of cancer because the way the DNA is divided up they are stop and start points so they are able to say okay this one is what causes this type and so that's how they are able to interpret the DNA through the understanding of it and so a codon is basically one amino acid so and what's interesting here in the Psalm 119 verses 130 now Psalm 119 is firstly the longest chapter in the Bible and secondly Psalm 119 is divided into the letters of the Hebrew alphabet I don't know if you realize this in Psalm 119 every single letter the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet are all in this psalm and for each letter there, there is a section that is written and in and the entrance or the opening of God's Word it says here the entrance of thy words giveth light it giveth understanding unto the simple and in the ISV version it says the disclosure of your words illuminates providing understanding to the simple so as you enter into that door you entrance there's light so by this so the entrance the beginning of a word or the entrance of a hallway you are able to then see what the next word is and God is and the Holy Spirit is alluding to this in this word entrance or the disclosure in our DNA and the the word in the Hebrew is Paitach which is the scripture gives satisfactory light to the mind upon every subject of which they treat and speedily communicate more useful knowledge to the simplest believer upon the most important topics than the acutest philosophers have been able to develop through successive ages and the word phosphorus actually means light bearer in the Greek so the entrance to the words so Jesus he brings immortality to light is being brought through him and Paul when he writes this to Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 to 10 he says for God has not given us the spirit of fear but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began but now is being made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel 
So as Jesus' light and the gospel shines and literally vibrates, you know when, when, the, when you feel full of the Holy Spirit, your whole body is like energized. It, it, it's that lightness that we have. And this is, it comes down to our molecular structure. When the Holy Spirit fills us up, we are actually, this is the zeal of God. You know, some people call it the flame. You know, but it's this passion. Yeah, and one of my mentors said, preaching is not a profession, it's a passion. So when you are passionate about Jesus, you, you feel more vibrant, more alive. And this is what's happening, is the molecules get all excited in us because of our love for Jesus and His love for us that's living inside us. It's like this, we, we, it's like we vibrate at a higher tone, if you want to put it in a music scale you know when when jesus when we are full of him you know we are much more vibrant and so he brings us immortality this is i'm talking about the spiritual man that lives inside us the spiritual woman and the aroma exactly the smell the smell happens the smell the colors the the, the frequency the vibrancy you know the blending of our colors all of these things it's like it's a kaleidoscope that God opens up as He lives inside us. And so we, as a kaleidoscope for God, should be shining out that light and shining out that and giving off that sweet aroma, that sweet smell to others. That draw others. It's like bees to, to pollen and to nectar and to honey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, 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 and Paul nails this in, in Philippians when he talks as, 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 as us being the lights of the world. And he says, And so, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only when I was with you, but even more now that I am absent, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is producing in you both the desire and the ability to do what pleases him. See, this is what I'm talking about. God gives us the ability because He is living inside us. And He says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent, God's children without any faults among a crooked and perverse generation and among, among whom you shine like stars. This is the real celebrity here. Not Hollywood, the celebrity, the, the Hebrew word is stars. And it, the word is phosphor, which is the base of phosphorus, which means lights or illuminator. This is the real illumination, the real enlightenment. This is not the illuminati, this, we are the illuminators in the world. And, and so, so God said, we are to shine like stars. Twinkle, twinkle, big star, not little star. Yeah, shine bright as a city on a hill. And as you firmly hold to the word of life, then I will be proud, and then the, when the Messiah returns, that I did not run in vain or work hard in vain. And yet even as I am poured out like an offering as part of the sacrifice and service I offer for your faith, I rejoice and I share my joy with all of you. And in the same way, you should rejoice and share your joy with me. So, Paul is now coming to the end of his life. And he's poured out his life. And he's poured out his gospel. And people have come to Christ. And he's saying, let's rejoice and share this joy. Let us be those stars, those illuminators, those lights that cannot be put out, that lamp that is placed and raised up high. And if we want to get into something most interesting, now I don't know if any of you have come across gematria, um, it's, or, or cryptography, or anything like that before. Okay, it's kind of like... Um, What's very unique in the Hebrew and the, the Greek um, letters, in the alphabets, 
they have numerical values. Okay? So every letter has a numerical value that's assigned to it. And what is most incredible, in the first five books of Moses, which the Jews, they call the Torah, okay, which is the law of God. And I just wanted to add this. It says the law of God always points to God. So we have in the book of Genesis, if we take seven by seven, every 49th letter in the Hebrew, because now Hebrew is written from right to left, okay? So if we take every 49th letter from the beginning of the chapter, it spells Torah, T-O-R-H. There is no vowels in Hebrew, like, like A-E-I-O-U. And if we do the same in the book of Exodus, it also spells Torah. Um, now if we do it in De Deuteronomy, we'll see, we take those 49 letters, it spells T-O-R-H backwards. And then we do it in the book of Numbers, the same thing. And then in Leviticus, if we count the first seven letters from the beginning, it spells Yahweh, yod he vav which is the name of God. So the law, all the Torah points to God. This is so amazing. You cannot script this stuff. That every single letter, every single stroke of the pen in the original text of the Word of God is there by design. And how can you write something and you can count and say, okay, this is going to be that letter, this is, this is Holy Spirit divinely inspired. And this is just one example I wanted to show you. And there are many examples of these kind of codes and messages within the Bible. Many, many examples. Okay, that I'll do next week. Um, so I just wanted to go through just the glossary terms and definitions again, um, just to remind you, because we're going to get now into the protein structures. Okay, so we know what, what a chromosome is and the DNA. And um, a monomer is a single molecule that, that can form polymers by combining identical or similar molecules. And a polymer is a chemical compound of large molecules made up of many smaller molecules of the same type. So remember I used the term of a starch and you have glucose, 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 glucose being replaced. And an amino acid is the components of molecules of proteins. So now we've seen that three base pairs make up one amino acid. And some can be synthesized in the body, so these are the non-essential amino acids, and then others come from the diet, which are the essential amino acids, that link together in what are called polypeptide chains. So this is the chain work that was in 1 Kings, the chains, 1 Kings 7. Um, that form proteins that are necessary for all life. And a peptide is a group of compounds formed by two or more amino acids linking amino groups, you know, together. And uh, so it's generally a peptide is less than 50 amino acids and a polypeptide is greater than 50 amino acids. And a protein in general, is, is a large class of complex polymers, polymers being the same type of molecule, contains long chains, chains, of polypeptide often bonded with nucleic acids, lipids, etc., and proteins are found in all cells and are essential to the diet of animals and are the basic components of cartilage, hair, skin, etc., and others function as enzymes, hormones, antibodies. So this is now the chains and the lattice work. So this is the building blocks of proteins. And you know, the scientists, they get so technical about this stuff, but let's just simplify it. And we just take just like pieces of Lego. Certain pieces of Lego fit and certain pieces of Lego don't fit. And as I said, it's a very interesting thing to watch a child with a box of Lego to see what his imagination is going to come up with and what he's going to build. But there are specific rules the way that these join. So you have these different amino acids and they join together in a peptide chain. Okay? 
and those chains and the combination thereof form a protein and that will be what will determine what will be a fingernail and what will be your finger bone or what will be the skin so whatever organ is it's all encoded in the protein so it's come from the bases to the amino acids to the proteins so but what's interesting about these chains of amino acids is there's a starting point and an ending point as well so there's what's called an N terminus and a C terminus I won't get into the technical scientific terms but there is a start and an end it's essentially what I'm saying <clears throat> so the, the structures of amino acids is basically is the proteins and the polypeptides are the biochemical compounds consisting of amino acids and uh, proteins are longer and more complex than polypeptides and typically folded and, and their structure facilitates a biological function so whatever function whatever part of the body this is all being encoded in the chromosomes if you think this is where the DNA is kept in the chromosomes already from an embryo all of this is already encoded exactly which part of us is going to become an ear or a hair or a nail and, and, and all of this is all encoded it's just like when a baby girl I mentioned daughter girl is born she contains all the eggs necessary for her entire life at birth it's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. Completely mind-blowing. <laughs> Completely. And so, here we've got our snake. As I said, we're playing snakes and ladders. But this is God's snakes and ladders. And, and this is now the linking and, and of all the different amino acids to form a protein chain. So, and they can take different structures, and they're, they're basically four different structures of proteins. Okay, and basically, the primary structure is, is a, it's a specific sequence of amino acids, and the way they join together, precisely. They, they, you know, so if one doesn't fit, then the, the protein chain breaks. These are bonded together, and they are fused together. And so, what's interesting is the protein structure has four <laughs> levels, you know, and the primary structure is, is basically in the unique sequence of amino acids. And the most basic protein is something they call ly lysozyme, which is an enzyme that attacks bacteria, which consists of a polypeptide chain of 129 amino acids. So, those have to match in the specific sequence and order thereof to provide a chain that stays together. And, and as I said, there's a starting point and an ending point. Let's look at the Word of God. The beginning and the ending. In Mark chapter 10, verse 6 to 9, Jesus here is, is referring to obviously the Genesis 2 scripture. But this is male and female made one. So, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And that is why a man will leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, man can never separate. The joining, and as I said, in Genesis it refers male and female, the Holy Spirit refers to them as Adam, which means red in the Hebrew, as one, not as a separate. And this is God's model for a man and a woman to be one. And this is why the first covenant God ever made was with man and woman, long before the fall of man long before Adam and David and all the other covenants with Moses and the law so this is one so the DNA uh, as I said the chromosomes the sex comes from the father he provides the X or the Y chromosome but both parents provide 22 chromosomes 
and the 23rd chromosome, the mother will always provide an X, and then the father will provide the X or the Y, which determines whether it's a, a boy or a girl. So incredible in design. But otherwise, our chromosomes are identical whether we are male or female. The only difference is that 23rd, which describes our, our, our sex. And then in John 1, verse 1 to 4, we've read this before, the Word was in the beginning. In the beginning, the Word existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and through Him all things were made. And apart from Him, nothing that was made, that has been made. And in Him was life, and that life brought light to humanity. And in, right at the end of the book, in Revelations 1 verse 8, Jesus, the first and the last. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, from the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus, the author of our faith and the finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end, all within our design. So intricately woven. And what's very interesting about this is these chains, structure, these amino acids are joined together by H2O, by water. Water joins the amino acids together. As I mentioned that an adult's body can contain between 50 and 75% of water. And the joins between these are water molecules. Jesus, the living water. So these chains and they can the structures can be can be different. And I wanted to just highlight here that uh, between the amino acids to join the chains together, the water is the one that binds the links in the chains. And each link is an amino acid. So there's four levels of protein structure. So you have your primary structure, which is like the ladder structure, and those are like the names that they have given them shortened names of the amino acids. And then they have the secondary structure, which is like the helix structure, like a spiral, the same spiral. And then we have what's called the tertiary structure, which is where the polypeptide chain folds within itself. And then we have the, uh, I must pronounce this correctly, quaternary structure, which is where the assembled subunits are forming and linking together. And they also fold in on a specific way and a specific rule. They don't just bundle themselves. So there's a specific way they're all joined. So as far as proteins are concerned, they look at them in four different categories and structures. So um, so yeah, the tertiary is the 3D folding of the peptide, or the polypeptide, and then the quaternary is the arrangements of multi-polypeptides. So this is a number of, of proteins that are joined together to form one bundle. And so proteins, um, we're nearly done there, uh, so w w the monomer of a protein, which means the base molecule, is the amino acid. The polymer which is the same or like molecules is the protein. And that protein determine and the function determines the body structure, the vision, the movement, um, the speed up or the chemical reactions, because as I say it can be your hormones, it can be your antibodies, part of your immune system, your nervous system, all of these extra functionary systems in your body. The coding of it comes from the proteins. And the structure can be folded up into chains, into different types of amino acids. So as carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen are the base elements that they form up. And the examples might be hemoglobin, which is obviously in our blood, the keratin, which is our nails and our hair, uh, insulin, as we know, those who are diabetics, our pancreas produces insulin, which is the way sugars are converted um, in our body and the myosin. So, 
basically proteins, you know, is what determines the final outcome of the cell. So all in this, these are, these are the invisible things that God is talking about. So there's no accident. Everything is tying up together. And I'm going to just do some quick maths again. <clears throat> we look at four structures of proteins. Four chambers in the heart. Four types of soil in the parable of the sower. Four cardinal points of the compass. Four bases of the rungs of the ladder. The four walls in the New Jerusalem. The four Gospels. And in all of this we have Jesus, the all in all of all things. No accident. Everything perfectly tied together. And this was as simple as I could make the science, because the, the scientists get very complicated with all their names and their terms. But if we can understand, like Lego and the building blocks, so from the rungs of the ladder become a Lego piece that then put together, those Lego pieces together, form a protein, and that protein determines what part of our body it's going to be. So, we have God's children's game, our DNA. There's no chance. This is by design. So we started off with a children's game of chance. But now we can see there is no accident and no chance in His design and how perfectly He's formed us and put us together. And this is just a clip that I just want to play and end off with. And this is about the probability of one protein chain forming by chance. And this is something for those evolutionists out there, or those people who believe that people have evolved and the chance that we, as we are, formed. And this is just one protein. Remember our body, how many different parts of our body and how many different proteins that we have within our body. Henrik, I don't know what the number is, but it is, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, I mean there's, there's over three, yeah, three billion combinations in our DNA rungs of the ladder. So, the way they bring it, I mean, it's over 300,000 different proteins that one has in our body. Okay. So this is just the, the chance of one protein forming. When applied to the origin of life and the random formation of large biomolecules, probability theory clarifies the limitations of chance as a creative agent on the primordial Earth. For example, what are the odds a single protein could form exclusively through the blind interactions of chemistry? Our target is one smaller than average molecule made from 150 amino acids, each aligned to ensure a folded chain. Researchers have calculated that on the ancient Earth, the probability of success was one chance in 10 to the 164th power. That's one correctly sequenced protein chain for every 100 million trillion 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 failed attempts. But despite these enormous odds, some theorists argue that given enough time, anything is possible. Okay, let's test the validity of this opinion. We'll begin by establishing an ideal environment for chemical evolution. An imaginary world that will provide chance with every opportunity to succeed. First, we stock the oceans to capacity with amino acids. That means all the atoms on Earth, including its entire supply of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, and sulfur, are available to form 10 to the 41st complete sets of the 20 types of amino acids used to build proteins. Then we'll alter the laws of nature 
To protect these building blocks from the destructive rays of ultraviolet light and chemical contamination in the primordial soup. Now let's turn the chemistry loose and see what happens. The amino acids start bonding furiously. In our experiment, an entire chain of 150 units self-assembles in only one second. Since all 20 types of amino acids are available, at the majority of sites, there is a 5% or 1 in 20 chance the correct molecule will align in the chain. If the sequencing is incorrect, the chain is immediately destroyed and a new assembly begins. Throughout the planet, 6,000 million billion trillion trillion attempts will take place every minute. That means in 4.6 billion years, the oldest estimated age of the Earth, the number of chains that don't fold will exceed 10 to the 58th power. It's a staggering total, but nowhere near 10 to the 164th. The trials necessary, on average, to build a protein of 150 amino acids by chance. So if undirected chemistry can't produce our coveted molecule during the entire history of the Earth, then how much time would have been needed? To find out, let's take a road trip. We'll start by erecting a bridge that spans the diameter of the observable universe, a distance of more than 90 billion light years. Then we'll place an amoeba on one end of the bridge. This single-celled organism will travel at the breakneck speed of one foot per year. It's off. While we wait for one protein to form by chance, the amoeba slides along for more than five billion, billion, billion years to cross the entire universe and then return. But this race is just getting started. The amoeba takes off again, successfully reaches the far side of the cosmos, then heads back home. Yet not even one functional protein is anywhere in sight. For the next trip, we'll add a payload, a single atom. After inching its way another 500 billion trillion miles, the amoeba drops off its cargo and returns for more. Will it get back before our lucky protein forms? Absolutely. In fact, it will complete another 10 round trips, then 20, a hundred, a thousand, and there's still no sign of a usable molecule. The amoeba continues making round trips until it has hauled off every atom on Earth. Then, all of the atoms in our solar system. Then, every planet and star in the Milky Way galaxy, one atom at a time. In fact, as we wait for one protein to self-assemble, the amoeba has so much time that moving at just one foot a year and carrying one atom per round trip, it will transport the entire universe more than 56 million times. That's how long it would take for chance to build one functional protein. Now, suppose against all odds, Chemical evolution produced our single functional protein. Would we have life? No. We'd have one protein, just a lifeless arrangement of amino acids. The simplest living cell we know has more than 300 different proteins. 
But proteins are only part of the story when you consider any actual cell. Remember, you're going to have carbohydrates, complex sugars, nucleic acids, DNA and RNA, lipids, a whole variety of different chemicals which jointly constitute the living state. Those bits and pieces all have to be brought into the same microenvironment at the same moment in time. Each chemical building block must then be assembled and organized into the network of molecular machines that will control every facet of life. If we can appreciate exactly how hard it is to produce one molecular machine using nothing except atoms and energy, we can see that there's a profound problem because once you have one molecular machine, you don't have a living thing. These molecular machines need other molecular machines. And even if nature was capable of producing all the molecular machines necessary, that still wouldn't be enough. They have to all be together, all in this tiny little membrane-bound space that we call a cell. From my understanding of what it takes to make a cell, it has to happen all at once. You can't do it one bit at a time because everything works together in a causal loop. The higher level of organization transcends the pieces. The spatial organization in the cell requires that molecules end up in the right place at the right time. The DNA is copied into RNA. The polymerase that does the copying has to find the right spot in the DNA to start copying. The RNA has to somehow hook up with ribosomes which have to be in a particular place and the proteins then that are made have to be going to a particular place. That's an awful lot to account for by random chance. The probability that you would get them in the same space at the same time becomes beyond unimaginable and the probability that you would get them within a membrane enclosure like a cell is the next best thing to impossible. Yeah, but you just push the age of the earth back a bit. <laughs> the age of the earth went to, went to 10 billion years or even 100 billion years. Yeah, well that's how they did it, eh? Yeah. But 10 to the power of 164. It's it's a irrational number. Uh, I mean, to even think, I mean, even the difference between a billion and a trillion. I mean, I'll, I'll just give you an example. You know, um, if you, most people don't have a concept of how much a trillion actually is. If you, for example, had to take from when Jesus was crucified and died and you opened a business and you made a million dollars a day, how long do you think it would take to make a trillion dollars? It would take you until 2,127 to make a trillion. That's one trillion. If you made one billion a day, it would take more than 2,100 years. So now these, we're talking of trillion, 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 trillions. You know, the possibilities. And this is so sad, is that modern science will accept the most preposterous rationalization. I mean, and these guys are scientists that you see here at the end of this clip explaining that everything has to come together at the same time to just in one membrane, in one cell, to be a functioning cell. And the simplest organism we know contains 300 proteins. So incredible is God's desire. There's a, yeah, there's a book... Um, called in, in Six Days, and it's written by uh, a number of scientists in different fields, and some of them are geologists, some of them are astrophysicists, some of them are rocket scientists, some of them are chemists and 
and they come from mathematicians, they come from all variety of fields. And there's a quote in that book which I'll never forget. And there's a Cambridge professor, and he says, The chance of evolution being true is like taking ten blind men and giving them a Rubik's Cube that is all jumbled up and then solving it all at the same time. That is the chance of things happening by accident or probabilities. So we give all glory to God for His great design and we are accountable for His design. Such legs He went to. So I hope this wasn't too technical today. I tried to keep it, but now we can understand how we are put together and fit together. And so from last week, being one body in Christ, now each of us has a component to that. So each of us is like a separate molecule in the body of Christ. Thank you.